Uh, it's been a little while since we've been with you, but again, it's always good to be with you and uh, to see new faces among the audience also. Uh, it's a wonderful day to be in Christ, and this morning, that's what I want to talk about a little bit with you this morning, about being in Christ. Many times in the New Testament, which we're living under, we are indeed, as we talked about in class, we are in the last days. And in that last days, we are in the final dispensation of time. God is not going to continue to reveal information to us because this word right here is complete. This is our way to eternal life. And it's only through His Son, Jesus Christ. And we want to talk a little bit about being in Christ this morning. So, there are many things that are mentioned in regards to being in Christ. When we talk about in Christ, we're talking about relationship. This is the most important relationship man can ever have, is to have reconciliation with God. And that's only through the means of Jesus Christ. There's no other name under heaven given among men where man can be saved, but only through His Son, Jesus Christ. And there's many things that we can look at to be blessed with only in terms of being in this relationship. Outside of it, man is void of all these blessings that we talk about that are found in the New Testament in regards to this relationship we can have. In Matthew chapter 16, Jesus would say, For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his fathers with his angels, and then he will reward each according to his works. You know, we can have everything under the sun in this world, but it does not give us a relationship with Christ and with the Father. It only comes through the power of the gospel, the message that is given within the New Testament. And so this morning, I'd like to share with you some things about being in Christ and what it is that if we're not in Christ, that that's something that we just don't have to enjoy in Christ. And these spiritual blessings uh, can only be found in Christ. So we have a list of things, and, and this list is by no means exhaustive. There are other things that we won't mention in this lesson that we can find that in relationship to Him, man has access to because of this relationship in Christ, whereas those who are outside need to have. They need this relationship. And we're going to notice, first of all, that all, if you put it all up in one verse, you can find it in Ephesians chapter 1, that all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places are in Christ Jesus. Where Paul would say to the brethren of Ephesus, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. So we could leave it right here and just say that every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places are in Christ. And so it's important for us to be in that relationship with God's Son. Outside of that, we have no hope. There is no hope. There's no guarantee of eternal life outside of this relationship. 
But the Father loves all men. We know that's evident by the giving of His Son. And in Matthew chapter 5, verse 45, it's evident even in this life that God loves all men, all of His creation are made in His image. And in Matthew chapter 5, verse 45, again, the Lord would say that you may be sons of your Father in heaven, for He makes His Son rise on the evil and on the good. And He sends rain on the just and on the unjust. So in this life, we enjoy not only the presence of God, but He takes care of men. He allows the sunshine on all men, whether they're good or evil in this life. And He also sends the rain to the just and unjust. And we all need both in this life to sustain our lives. But not everybody can enjoy the, the, the fact of being in Christ because they're indeed. And sad to say, there are a lot of people that are outside this relationship of being in Christ. Without this relationship, the spiritual blessings are, are void from their life. They don't have it. Now, there are a lot of people in the world that claim to be in Christ and they still don't have it because their way of thinking has been geared toward false teaching and not on the truth. And there's a lot of people, I mean, you probably work with people who are very religious that think they're right with God, that they're right with His Son, but they don't have that relationship. They're not in Christ, truly, because they have not obeyed that gospel which we read about in the New Testament. They claim to come to Christ in various ways, but there's only one way. And again, it's what we find revealed to us from God Himself by the Spirit, who guided men by inspiration to tell us what we need to do to be right with God. So one of the blessings that we find within Christ in this relationship that man needs to have is salvation. Salvation is needed for all men. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin we know is death. And death is, is separation. Separation from our Creator is the worst state man can ever be in. But it's been that way from the very beginning when sin came into the world by man. Man wants to pass the buck of their responsibility of sin but the thing is, it stops where it comes from, the one who commits it. And salvation, therefore, is needful. This salvation is from the curse of sin, the punishment that we all deserve. We all deserve a devil's hell. It's prepared for the devil and his angels, but God wants us to have salvation. This whole book is, again, we brought out in class. It talks about God's plan of redeeming man. And this was a forethought before the very foundation of the world that we live in. God had this plan set forth in His mind before the world He created. And He demonstrated that in the giving of His Son. The record clearly shows that the way that we have salvation is that we're in Christ. In 2 Thessalon- uh, Timothy, rather, in verse, chapter 2, verse 10, Paul would say, Therefore I endure all things for the, elect, for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain salvation, which is in Christ Jesus, with eternal glory. Salvation is in Christ. We all need salvation. 
He told the apostles before he ascended in back to his father, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Who? Every, every man. Every man needs the gospel. Every man needs salvation. And the only way it's available, made available, is those who come in contact with this relationship with Jesus Christ. Salvation lies within Him, and only Him. It's not found in any other deity. There's only one, and that's Jesus Christ. On the other side of that, if one is outside of Christ, he's simply lost. He is not right before God. And in that condition, if he dies in this lifetime without being in Christ, he will be lost eternally. And can you imagine being lost, separated from Almighty God forever? It's hard for us to even fathom eternity. It's hard for me to fathom we serve an Almighty God that has never had a beginning. Though he's described like his son, he, is, he says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, showing that he's eternal. See, we think in beginnings and ends because we're bound by time. We have a beginning. We were brought into this world. We were born. And there's a, a point in which we're going to die unless the Lord returns again before that time happens. But the natural course of things is we're born. There's a time to be born and there's a time to die, the preacher would say. And so, if we're going to have salvation, we must be in Christ now, in this lifetime, preparing ourselves when He returns. But being outside, simply we're lost. We're not right with God and we need salvation. To be redeemed, it took the price that we remembered this morning at the table. We remember the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, who gives us redemption. And in Romans chapter 3, verse 24, the record says, Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Redemption is in Christ he had to buy us or purchase us back by going upon the cross to be our sin bearer. He redeems men because He was the ultimate sacrifice for the sins of the world. The Old Testament is a system, a type of, of Christ that we can read about and learn about what the Jews had to do in order to have their sins removed. And the sacrifices that they had to do. Jesus is that final sacrifice. The blood of bulls and goats could not take away sin, but the blood of Christ does. We can be redeemed by the precious blood of the Lamb. And when we're in Christ, then we become living sacrifices. While we live and breathe in this world, that's what we are. We become a sacrifice, a living sacrifice on a continual basis until our Lord returns or when our time is ended in this life. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14, He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of His Son, the kingdom we talked about again in our study this morning in Daniel, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. Did you see that? 
Our redemption is in Christ by the means of blood. It took the shedding of blood for us to be possible to be redeemed, to be purchased back into this relationship with Almighty God. It took the blood of Christ to have us be redeemed back to our Creator. So when we're in Christ, we have redemption. Without Christ, we're still in our sins. Plain and simple. And there are a lot of dead people in the world today. We meet them every single day. When I go to work, I, there's all kinds of dead people walking, working, who are not in Christ. They have not been redeemed by the precious blood of the Lamb. And they need redemption in Christ. To be in Christ, we are separated from this world. Though we live in this world, we're no longer part of the world. We're sanctified in Christ. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, as Paul addresses the brethren at Corinth, he says to the church of God, which is at Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus. Again, the idea of being sanctified is that we have become set apart in this relationship with Christ. Those who are not in that are still of the world. They're of this world. And being friends with the world is enmity with God. We cannot be a friend of the world and be a servant of Christ at the same time. To be in Christ, we become something new. We become a new creature in Him. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, the record says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. A new babe in Christ, a new creation, is made possible with this relationship. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 15, the record says, For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but a new creation. In order to have this new creation, we must be in Christ. Outside of it means that we need to be converted. If we're not in Christ this morning, we need a change. That's what a conversion is. When one is converted, he's making a change. God has always required man to change from that old man, that old state that they get into. He's required it ever since, again, the very beginning when sin entered into the world, God has always demanded man to make a change. Repentance begins in the heart. God has always required the heart of man. Always. Though we live in a separate time than what we read about in the days of the old law, God still requires the heart of men. Jesus told them quite well, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. We have to make a change. And when we're outside of Christ, we're still that old man of sin. We wear that filth of garment because our life is stained with the awful dross of sin. Sin is missing the mark. It's a transgression of God's law. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 4. 
That's the biblical definition of the word sin. It's transgressions against the law of God. And so when we're outside of this relationship, we need conversion. Being in Christ is the promise of life eternal. And it's only in Christ that those who are in, found therein have it. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 11, And this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. Eternal life. I think everyone in here who understands what I'm saying wants eternal life. I want to have it, and I know you do too. Because our life is not just wrapped up in this world. We're being prepared either for eternity with God or with Satan. But nonetheless, we're preparing ourselves for eternity. You might say we're already in a point of eternity because when this life is over, we're waiting for that final judgment. And all judgment is, is the sin that's passed. We're being judged now. You realize that? The Word which we investigate, we study, is judging us now. You know, there were those who rejected Christ, but they rejected His Word. And He speaks about that Word is making judgment on us now while we live. Judgment is being made. That final day is just a sentence. It's going to declare to us eternal life or eternal punishment. There's a lot of people that's not going to be prepared. There's a lot of people who've gone on in, in, from their life here not ready. And they're waiting judgment. You remember the story of the rich man and Lazarus? Luke 16, I believe it's a real story. I don't believe that's a parable. You have Lazarus, who's in the comfort of Abraham's bosom. You have the rich man who had it well and fair in this world, who's in torment. And they're there now, waiting in the Hayden world. They're waiting for judgment. And when we leave this world, that's where, what we're going to face. And we'll know then what the judgment, the sentence will be. And eternal life will be ours if we're in Christ. To be outside of Christ is eternal punishment. In Matthew chapter 25, in verse 46, listen to what Jesus said. And these will go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Eternal life is found in the Son. Now, we just know that just a few of what these blessings are that are in Christ. Every spiritual blessing that you can think of is in Jesus Christ. So how does one get into Christ is the point we need to make. Well, first of all, let me suggest we don't get in Christ by faith alone. We understand faith is necessary. It's, a, it's vital. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. We need to have faith. It's impossible to please God without faith. 
We must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. But faith only is not what gets us in this relationship. In fact, the word faith only mentioned is in the negative in the Scripture. And I only have found it one time in the Scripture, in the New Testament, in James chapter 2, verse 24 and following. You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. That's pretty self-explanatory. But why is it there's so many people that hang their trust in the fact that faith is the only thing that will save them? There are people out there, I know, and I'm sure you do too, that are satisfied that they just believe that Jesus Christ is God's Son. And that's all they need to do. That falls short. Likewise, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. You cannot separate true faith from obedience. That's what we're talking about. Faith without works, faith without obedience to the commandments of God is dead. There are a lot of people that's hung on the point about we are not, we do not earn salvation by works. And I agree wholeheartedly. But without obedience to the Word of God, you can't make it either. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he what? Does the will of my Father in heaven. And many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? And in your name cast out many devils? And in your name done many mighty works? And Jesus says, I, I do not know you. Depart from me, you who work lawlessness. What kind of work was it that they did? Disobedience. Works of disobedience in the name of Christ, they claim. But Jesus says, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who work lawlessness, iniquity. Now, the faith that saves us is one that simply obeys what is directed to him. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. He who does not believe shall be condemned. I was talking to an individual not long ago. One kind of hung up about the idea of works and baptism. And I, he said something about the last part of that. And usually they usually do. See there it says, without, but without faith, uh, he's not, he shall be condemned. Didn't mention anything about baptism. But I said, you know, if a person truly don't believe... Would he be baptized? You know, you have to use a little common sense. If somebody doesn't believe in something, they're certainly not going to go and do the effort of doing something that they're contrary to and what they think. That's a, that's, a, that's a necessary conclusion. So, to get in Christ is not by faith only, though faith is vital. It's very necessary. It's not done by prayer either. There are those that have the, morning, the mourner's bench. In fact, a long time ago, 
I went to a mourner's bench, not knowing any better, in order to be saved from my sins. At that time, I was trying to do whatever it took, not knowing the truth fully. But nonetheless, I went to the mourner's bench to receive salvation, like a lot of people have claimed to do. Well, we understand that God does not hear those who are in sin. In John chapter 9, verse 31, now we know that God does not hear sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does His will, He hears them. Well, what about Cornelius? Cornelius was a good man. He was a sinner. God heard his prayers in the fact that he kept them as a memorial. But God also knew the kind of heart that Cornelius had. And we can read about that kind of heart in the book of Acts chapter 10. But the record clearly says that God does not hear sinners. Those who would defy God, those who forget God, the only time that they need Him is when they're in a state of conflict, affliction, when things are going wrong, and when things go right, how often do they remember God? Not too often. And again, that's nothing new under the sun because you remember the Israelites as they would gain the land of Canaan. God forewarned them not to forget how they got there, who sent them there, and not to forget the one who delivered them from the land of Egypt, the bondage of Egypt. But it didn't take long for them to forget their Creator. No, it's not through prayer that we get in Christ. And it's not by feeling good either. A lot of people feel good, and they base their faith on what they feel. But our feelings can deceive us. It's not based on how one feels that gets us into Christ, but again, doing what is right by following the commands given us. Again, Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12 says, there is a way that seems right to a man. There's a lot of people out there that seem religious. There are a lot of people that are religious, and they seem that they're doing right in the sight of God. But the end is the way of death. You see, religion is not going to save us. It's the gospel. You can be very religious. Cornelius was religious. He was devout. That's what it means to be religious. But he needed salvation. He was not in Christ. And he sent to get Simon Peter to tell him words while he and his household, those who were with him, could know for sure what to do to get into Christ. It's not based on what we feel. So, if it's not these things to get into Christ, what is it? Well, one is in Christ when he's baptized for the remission of sins. We noted Romans chapter 6 a while ago in our reading, and also Galatians chapter 3. Again, Romans chapter 6 says, Or do you not know that as many of us that was baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. Why is baptism necessary? Well, first of all, God requires it. 
Is there, water, is there power in the water? No. It's not that. But it is an answer of a good conscience toward God. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 21, Baptism doth also now save us. It's a required element. Baptism. People may not understand it, but I think this passage here clearly shows the impact of what baptism is. It's symbolic to the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord. How did Jesus become our sin bearer? Well, He had to die on the cross for us. He bore our sins. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was buried in a brand new tomb. No man had laid before. And on the third day, as he had told his apostles on three, three different occasions, he would rise again. When we're baptized into Christ, we're baptized into his death. That's how the blood of Christ is applied to us. Remember, we said that redemption is in Christ by means of blood. His blood was shed. So when one is baptized into his death, we're baptized in the water, it's a burial. And we walk in newness of life in the likeness of his resurrection. That's how we get into Christ. That's how the blood of Christ is applied to the sinner who comes to God in faith. And obedience to the gospel. Again in Galatians chapter 3, verse 26 and 27. For you're all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ, or you have clothed yourself with Christ. Faith in Christ, faith and baptism are necessary. Many has been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. We have been clothed with Christ. Those are only two passages I know that one, how one gets into Him. I can't find any other verses that state anything different. But baptism is essential, first of all, because God requires it. It's a command. In fact, Paul, or Peter rather, commanded Cornelius and those with him to be baptized in Christ after they had received the Spirit and could speak in other languages. They were still required to be baptized in water for the remission of sins. That's how we get in Christ. Well, the question I would like to ask finally is, are you in Christ? It's not hard to understand but people make it so complicated. Something simplistic as this and so powerful, man can really disrupt others from obeying the truth. You see how cunning and subtle Satan is? How he uses even religion to destroy the soul of man? The truth is absolute. It's sure, and it cannot change. 
Man tries to change it, but in the end, he's destroying a soul. So, the way to get into Christ is simple. It's simple, simplistic, but yet it changes those who obey it. So if there's anyone in this audience this morning that needs to get into Christ, all things are ready. If you believe with all your heart that Jesus Christ is God's Son, willing to make that confession before this audience this morning, you can become a child of God. If you're willing to turn from your sins and repentance and be baptized to wash away your sin. That's how we get into Christ. Another thing is we need to remain in Him. There's other groups of people, many were saved, once saved, always saved, and the Bible clearly doesn't teach that. Can we step out of Christ, out of that relationship? Sure can. And it only takes a step. Walking in the light, 1 John chapter 1, verse 7, if we walk in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of the Son cleanses us from all sin. But if we do sin, we need to come back to Him in repentance and prayer. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Are you in that state? Can we step outside that relationship? Sure can. Can nobody snatch us from God's favor? That's exactly right. But we can step out of line if we make that choice. Nothing can separate us from the love of God except ourselves. So if you're here and have been in favor with God's Son, but have stepped out and brought shame upon the body here, if you'll make your life right by turning from those things, confessing your wrong before this, the brethren here will pray with you for you. And that relationship can be renewed. So whatever the state might be, if there's any way we need to assist you in your obedience, We'll be glad to do that if you'll make that known by coming to the front as we sing this song of encouragement.